0: This is the John Clayton Show
1: on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host,
2: the professor,
0: John Clayton.
2: 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Sean Salisbury joining us at the bottom of the hour. Jeff in federal way. Jeff, thank you for being so patient.
3: Oh, awesome. Happy Saturday, Mr. Clayton.
2: Happy Saturday to
3: you. So my question to you is, uh, well, I'll get to the questions yeah. first, but I wanted to just first say thank you for getting me through the football season with your your knowledge and everything that you know about. And uh, I'm not even going to go with the RW talk. It's
2: thank you. stupid
3: and silly. Uh, my next question or my next uh, thing to you is, I can't wait for you and uh, Sean Salisbury to talk. Yeah. I remember you guys back. Uh, A few years back on Saturdays And everybody used to say Oh, those guys hate each other It's like, no, No. these guys are very heated And passionate about the game of football It's Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. And then uh, thirdly um, AP, Adrian Peterson I'm going to throw a different question out there he was talking a few weeks ago about maybe being a running back coach. Right. Is there any talk about that?
2: He talked about it, and we'll see if yeah. you know he's willing yeah. to follow through on it. But, uh, uh-huh. I mean, you can see how much he did help Rashad Penny. I oh, mean, he was boy, dramatic right? in changing Rashad Penny's career around. So it's I like, wonder how he
3: would deal with Chris Carson, too.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Because, again, it's like Chris Carson knows what he's doing. It's just a matter that Chris Carson has the bad neck.
3: Yeah, I'm still afraid that he might not be able to play.
2: Might not? No. I and mean, I think he will, but again, I, I'm he sad might not. about
3: that. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I think he should be. Um,
3: and I also agree with you as far as uh, the caller. Uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes goes mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't need a, a franchise quarterback. You need a manager. I think. I think uh, with the exception of Trent Dilfer uh, at Tampa Bay, he wasn't even a manager. The defense won that. Yeah. Super Bowl. or no, that was a Baltimore. I'm sorry.
2: In Baltimore. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And um, so you need a franchise quarterback and the franchise quarterback, in my opinion, is supposed to elevate the lesser players. And that's why you pay the franchise quarterback that money, mm-hmm. AKA Aaron Rodgers. Look what he does with his receivers. Right. And, uh, and he, he, he makes nobody, somebody with their name. And that's what a franchise quarterback does, and that's why you pay him the money. And I'm, I agreement with you. I don't think this game is going to be close. You might, I think, uh, 49ers Packer game will be close till halftime. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy G is going to be thinking about going to the beach and hanging out it's like this was too cold for me
2: yeah so. yeah <laughs> could, could be yeah because again it's like it is going to be cold and that doesn't favor jimmy g and even yeah. in the warmer weather jimmy g didn't play all that well yeah i think i think the first game
3: coming up today uh since tennessee that's yeah. that, that's when i'm tuning into oh wild th- boy I mean,
2: they're all going to be good except for maybe San fran and green bay
3: yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, offensive mm-hmm. line is hurting. L.A. Rams, defensive line, Aaron Donald and all those yeah, boys.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. You don't want to go oh into boy. a game where your starting center, who's going to play, you know, Ryan Jensen has a bad ankle and is not going to be anywhere close to being 100% going against Aaron Donald. That's not good.
3: Even if you are one hundred percent, you don't want to go against Aaron Donald. No, you don't. (laughs) Agreed. So uh, yes, some good football coming up. Uh, You know, it's it's nice to be uh, a fan, and you know, I'm not stressing about the Seahawks if they're going to, you know, play good today or not. They're out of it. But to be a football fan now is awesome. And uh, I would just tell all the twelves, enjoy football and quit talking about that person.
2: Yeah, agreed.
3: Thank you. You have a good day. All
2: right. Thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN. Two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Victor in Auburn. Hey, Victor. Hey, John. Another great show. Oh, thank you. Um, so after the Broncos trade for
4: Wilson, you're no, uh, just playing, John. You're just playing. Uh, hey, so I do believe they're going to sign Quinn as the uh, head coach for the Broncos.
2: Yeah. Don't you think it's going to be Mike Monday or Tuesday? Yeah.
4: Uh, I, I believe that uh, one of the guys on the other thing was. Talking about Monday. Monday yeah. would be a good day to to have it come through. What, who, who do you think uh, he's going to try to target for an offensive coordinator? Or does I no that idea be a, I
2: have is no that idea Hays
4: call or is that his call? His call. Oh, okay. would be okay. And then um, also, I heard uh, Denver will be looking for a, a linebacker at the top of the draft.
2: I could see that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, because the uh, the jewel in in Nelson or not Nelson AJ whatever I can't remember Johnson.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: They don't have the. Um,
2: the inside the, linebackers, the the yeah.
4: yeah, exactly to move that. What type of uh, defense does uh, Quinn like to run? Even though uh, he's a coach,
2: he's more of a four-three guy.
4: Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, and then uh, also I heard the owners, or you know, there there's about four or five different people trying to put in for to buy the the Broncos. I heard Elway might be trying to jump in. Yeah, with one of the the groups. Do you have? Yeah.
2: Uh, well, no. It's inter- here. The interesting thing is, I mean. Jeff Bezos, I think, is obviously the favorite. He's got the most money. Then you have the Peyton Manning group. Then you have the John Elway group. Then you have the Brittany... Uh, what uh, Brittany, uh, you know, this, the daughter. Yeah. He's She's in a group. I don't know who the other one is. But.
4: It's The one local guy from Colorado, He's uh, he supposedly could be the first black uh, owner. Um, Smith, I think his last name is.
2: Uh-huh,
4: uh-huh. Yeah, and I heard that's where... Uh, Outway might try to jump in with his group because uh, they're even saying, with even with the Manning combined, Payton and Eli, I mean, they're still way short of uh, half a billion dollars.
2: Right, I mean, right. Yeah,
4: so they're going to need some other people.
2: Yeah, but again, it's like, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. What would, Now, if Bezos gets it, what's your thoughts? I, I thought
4: I uh, I've heard that he wasn't interested in owning uh, a team. Uh, no, I think he is. Okay, well, no, I, I guess that'd be great because I can't see him sparing any expense. No. Do you think they'd have a, a issue with if him trying to move the team or?
2: What do you mean, move the team? They're not. I, don't,
4: I don't know, Do you know. I mean, like they moved the Chargers they move? or. They what? You know how they moved uh, San Diego to LA? No,
2: or... come on. No,
4: I don't want it to happen. I just. Well, didn't so know
2: it won't happen again. They, it's it's too good of a base in Denver. They're not moving out of Denver. Oh,
4: Good. What? Well, no, I just don't want anything like that to happen. Do um, you think that the other owners would have a problem? Because I know all the other owners are billionaires. Yeah, yeah, But Bezos has enough money to buy probably each team if he wanted to. I mean right. Yeah.
2: So there Why would they be have a problem that with that? I mean, you know, he's he's already making money with Amazon on the Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. And so it's like uh, he's already bringing profit into the league. And so it's like uh, – and now, I mean, he can own the team and still bring in the profit.
4: Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be real nice to see it happen. And then uh, probably do a, another stadium or something like that. That'd be great, John. Hey, you sound better, John. And thanks through all the football seasons. You, you, know, you supply Saturday every day, man. Every Saturday is awesome listening to you.
2: Yeah, and let's see if they get something done with Dan Quinn on Monday. Because, again, they complete their uh, job interviews for the 10 candidates by tomorrow night. And that opens them up to be a team ready to make a move as early as Monday, and I think that they will.
4: One other question: If uh, Gordon signed with another team, did Denver get a, a compensatory pick with that? If what? If, if Gordon, uh, Melvin Gordon no. signs with another team, they don't get a, a comp pick. Uh, what's it called? A, a compensatory pick?
2: I mean, you know, if they lose more free agents than they gain, yeah, I guess so. But oh, okay. But again, it's like the best he's going to be able to do is five or six million.
4: Yeah, and then that's what determines how much uh, what what uh, pick they would get is by how much the uh, money the other pe- person gets paid.
2: Yeah, and how much and how many players they gain and how many they lose. Okay, good, good. All right, John,
4: take care, buddy. Have a good weekend. All right, thank you.
2: 979 ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle.
1: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, two zero six four two one
2: espn Let's go to Dre. Dre, how are
0: you? Uh, I'm doing good, John. Always a pleasure. Yeah, last, last time I talked to you last week, you know, I hit on the Russell Wilson and the third downs and all the three and outs, but this time I want to hit on Rashad Penny as well because I think that uh, – you're talking about the Seahawks may offer him five point two like they did Melvin Gordon yeah. with the Broncos. But I think the I think like my buddy said, uh, Rashad Penny has all the leverage now. I think he has a lot of leverage to where I think it's gonna be more like seven. I think it's no, gonna be team. No no
2: no. No,
0: no, no, no. no, 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 listen to me because there's gonna be Seahawks may offer him money with incentives leading to da 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 da, but there's gonna be a team out there. There's gonna be one particular team, John. I know it's gonna be out there that's gonna say they're offering you this Which incentives. We're offering you this right
2: now. Incorrect. Incorrect. And here's here's the reason. Two years ago, okay. Melvin Gordon was the highest paid, because, again, they don't pay running backs. And so in unrestricted free agency, you know, Melvin Gordon two years ago got two years, $16 million, $8 million a year. Last year, Drake, who comes over as a backup to the Raiders from Arizona, right. He got 5.5. And you right. look at the uh, free agent list of unrestricted free agents, there's only six or seven guys that are unrestricted, including Rashad Penny. And if you look at all their numbers, I mean, two of them were their Arizona. They're all in the fives or the fours.
3: Yeah, but I still say it's going to no. be a little bit different. No. What?
2: No! <laughs> yeah, Dre, the answer bad. is no. No. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be like
0: all these other callers that be going nuts out here. Believe me, believe, believe me, John. But I also want to hit on uh, Mr. Uh, Carlos Dunlap because that yeah. game against Arizona, I don't think he started in that game. Then all of a sudden we saw him like in the third, second or third or fourth series, and he was out playing. I know Chandler Jones played well, but he was out playing. He was playing like Chandler Jones in that yeah. game. In that game, he was dominating. You put him on the edge, and he dominates. And he dominates. I don't know why they didn't do that. At the beginning of the year, you saw him piling up all those sacks for the last mm-hmm. three or four weeks of the year, and it's just, it just it just doesn't make any sense. I think you can pay instead of twenty million dollars to Chandler Jones, you can find a ten million dollar edge rusher to help him out on the other side and just help and help him because uh, it's frustrating to where you know they're not they're third and longs on defense. The Seahawks yeah. are still staying on the field, and it's just it's, it's it's baffling to me. And I still and I feel right now, John that the NFL is not testing players for COVID during the playoffs because to me, you that's why you're not seeing nobody testing positive or anything like that. I think when the play the regular season is different. But when the playoffs start, I think they've been told, hey, we're not gonna be tested. We don't want any of these stars to mm-hmm. test positive and miss playoff games and that's why we're not testing right now.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a mistake. I I agree with you. I think it's a bad thing. I think they're putting players at risk and uh you know, because again, uh, you know it's like and and now I mean, they're even doing it. They're not even testing unvaccinated players. Wow! Are you kidding me?
0: It is. It's It's getting crazy, man. It's getting wild well, I had a feeling something was something was going on, man, because this is just this is just baffling to yeah, me.
2: Yeah, because I uh, mean, did you, do you know how many guys ended up having positive tests during the season from August first? 900- Nine hundred and sixty-one.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes. This yes, is crazy. Now there's just zero. There's none. It's just, it's baffling. And I think that when the, uh, when, when the play with the, the 208.5 million, uh, the salary cap, I think next year, I think it's going to go up the following next year to two point, I mean, two, 215 million point seven, I think no, 208.5 next year. Yeah. But then the following next year, I think it's 215.7.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not going to go up as much, no doubt. Yeah,
0: yeah It's going to be something like that. Uh, but, what? yeah, but people are saying that Russell Wilson, yeah, you know, he's going to take up too much of the salary. Come on, man. John, like I tell everybody, the guy that was doing the the Jaguars-Colts last playoff game on national radio is uh-huh. the type of quarterback you're going to get. And that was Kelly Stopper. He was doing that game. He was doing the color on the radio. And that's the kind of quarterback you're going to get. You get rid of Russell Wilson. Yes, he made mistakes. Yes, we didn't win the close games this past year. But still... Yeah, I, I, I'll put my money on Russell Wilson more than some kind of uh, you know game manager or you know a quarterback just throwing to the mix because Russell Wilson's a franchise first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. And you're not gonna you're not you only time when you you're gonna miss him once he leaves here and say oh we should have kept him I shouldn't have bashed him on the radio we need to keep him here in Seattle let's run it back John let's run it back this year and next year with Russell Wilson and see what happens after that if he wants to be a Vince Evans and a type of journeyman quarterback after that I hope not but I hopefully he just stays here for the rest of his career.
2: Yeah. And think about this in the last like uh, 20 years if not longer when was the last time that a team got rid of a franchise hall of fame type quarterback okay i mean you can look at peyton manning with indianapolis but that was a year where peyton gets hurt the year before they lose all the games they get andrew luck in the draft and so uh, then they let peyton go then you know that's That was one. And then the other one was when, uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers, and all of a sudden, you know, here's Aaron Rodgers falling to the Packers, and after a couple years, they got rid of Brett Favre, and that's it. Nobody else. Joe Joe Montana went
0: to the Chiefs because they had Steve Young. Right. And so it's
2: like, yeah, if you have one, then you can make a move like that, but then you don't have one. I mean, you want to go through the years and go through you know, all the quarterbacks, to Flins and uh, stuff like that to get. But yeah,
0: the John Frieses, the Stan boss, You want that? No. Like I said, Kelly Stoppers is a better analyst, a color commentator than he was a quarterback. He's really good on the radio. Yeah, he is. But say, but he was horrible as a quarterback here for the Seattle Seahawks. You just don't want that. Let's run it back, like you said. It was close games. We lost, and we normally win this year. Uh, and it was the throws of Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. some bad, a lot of bad throws and a lot of bad play from him that uh, helped us lose with some of those close games. But still, the injuries also took part when it came to Russell Wilson, our franchise quarterback. Those things will happen. It's a game of football, so let's run it back next year to, against the NFC South yep. and the AFC West.
2: Yeah, and, and again, they'll have the fourth play schedule, so that makes it even easier. Hey, Dre, thank you as always for the call.
0: Hey, always a pleasure, John. Thank okay. you.
2: 866-979-ESPN, two zero six four two one espn Coming up next, Sean Salisbury.
1: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
2: It is our absolute pleasure to talk to Sean Salisbury. Sean, great to be with you. And I'll tell you what I missed this year. I missed talking to you on your Friday show. What happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, with all the baseball and all this, John, you can count on the fact that once the off season and this matter of fact, I'll have you on yeah. next week because we oh, finally, good. with the schedule. And you're my regular. Are you kidding me? And then once we get into the draft stuff and yeah. we'll roll in, we'll roll in every Friday again. Oh, we didn't forget about you. You know how that schedule changed and uh-huh. with baseball and COVID. But I miss it too. I miss our regular talks. And you can count on. We'll be right back at. It. Matter of fact, why don't we just plan on next week before championship week? We'll get back into it.
2: Okay, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, because I, I really missed it. it. And all of a sudden, it's like I hadn't you're heard football. from you, and it's like, oh, what's going on? Am I? You know, you're I, my
1: go-to guy. You you know how it is on Morning Drive Radio with yeah. baseball and you got scheduled guests that when, when advertising gets you got to do what you got to do, brother. But you're right back at it. We miss you, too.
2: That's great. So now, am I uh, correct in saying that, uh, I mean, I, you may not be as harsh on this, that the Texans are the worst-run franchise in sports?
1: Oh, I don't think there's. An, I think there's some that are on the Mount Rushmore of it. Johnny, you know in, in all sports there's one we can point to you know, in the past, the Knicks, they seem to be getting better. The Giants and Jets have had their problems. We know the Browns in the past, but I, I right now, I, I think it's they're the biggest face on Mount Rushmore, the Texans. I don't think there's any question that they are. I know they're trying to fix it with Nick, but the dysfunction runs far and deep. There is no question. Right now you'd be hard pressed to find a, a worse run elementary school uh organization matter of fact they'd run it far better because they're more focused so yes it is the worst run in football for sure and quite frankly is probably in sports
3: right now
2: yeah and it, i mean is it possible because i know that they almost did this, this uh, last year could they hire josh mccown as a head coach
1: johnny after what you saw last year and I we all love david culley as yeah. a human and he's a good assistant coach yeah. but listen if you've been a 30-year assistant and he's really respected by people and in the building, and you've never been interviewed for a coordinator job or a head coaching job, there's a reason. Some guys are just really good at being that. I want David Culley in the building, but David Culley wasn't. He was in over his head as a head coach. That's not mean. It's just a fact. So, And and there's no reason. And they said you know, they want to go where they get somebody for the long haul and somebody that can turn the franchise around that they can ride with. And I understand that they may want to go younger, and I love Josh, and I know you do. Respect galore. But if we're going to turn this around now – I, hey, listen, i got a great idea. Bring Josh in, mm-hmm. let him learn, and do what the, the, the McVeighs do with O'Connell and what they did with Zach Taylor and learn and all these guys and let him do it. Because I think Josh in the future is going to be a really good head coach because he's well-respected and he's not a yeller and screamer, although that works for some. he's People love him, but it's not time yet. It's not time yet. What it would tell me, John, if they do this, that they just want control over the coach They want a guy who's going to abide by everything they do instead of somebody like Brian Forrest, who may disrupt the apple cart a little bit, but you're going to win. I hold Josh in the highest regard. He's a – you know, Josh played a long time, and he's a friend, but it's not time for that yet. It could be time for that somewhere else, right here, right now, with what this franchise needs. Bring Josh into the building, but not as a head coach.
2: Yeah, but I I tell you what – and here's the thing that I found really insulting. But it
1: could, John – I don't mean to interrupt you. It could, knowing this organization – They could pull something crazy on us, and you you know as well as I do, it wouldn't shock you.
2: Well, and then on top of it, on like in the David Cully thing, I mean, does Nick Casario think we're all stupid? You know, because he came out with the comment, you know, it's like, why did they fire Nick, uh, you know, why did they fire David Cully? And he said, well, you know, we couldn't agree on the long-term future and what what direction we're going long-term. There was no long-term for David Cully. I mean, it was going to be year two if he stayed, and that's it. He was gone after that. Yes. So how how are we supposed you, to believe long term on a, a two year coach that was going to be entering a second year?
1: That's called peeing in our face and telling us it's raining, Johnny. You know that. Yeah. This is not David Cully was hired to be a bridge of a guy who's all that is happy in the building that could keep, you know, he's going to turn it over to Lovey Smith and to Tim Kelly at the time, let him do it. And he was going to make sure there was peace in the building. And Nick Cassara and that group and Easterby were going to run it. When he was hired, listen, John, you and I knew him because we've been in the business of David Cully, been yeah. an assistant with John and Andy and knew that. But not a 94% of America that loves football had no idea. When he was hired here, people who they had no idea. Yeah. And that's okay. Some guys could still be coaches, but anybody who knew he was hired for this year and maybe a second year, and that was it until they bridged into somebody where they started to turn around, got the assets for Watson, did everything they went, and started to build it. And then it got to the point where they realized there's a ceiling. You're not getting any better next year, and the coach couldn't elevate him uh, as a head coach, so they had to do it. Now this is an important hire because Nick Casario will be judged by this and this draft even more so. Yeah, it's one of those where I understand he's protecting the coach and the rest of it, I get it, but there wasn't a soul on the planet. Even when they gave him a vote of confidence and said, yeah, we're going to bring him back, you knew damn well they weren't yeah. if they wanted to head in the right direction. They were always looking for the, the, the uh – the the, the 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 girl that walks into the dance when you're in high school and says oh I want to dance with her mm-hmm. not the one I'm dancing with that's what they were always looking for and we'll see if they go get it no disrespect to David Culley, just a fact
2: yeah no doubt I thought it was interesting I mean you brought up Brian Flores and you know my understanding the reason they let him go in Miami he couldn't get along with anybody and so now I mean you bring up the idea that uh, you know Flores is not going to be a fit with Houston and what and again go over why again why they just
1: oh yeah why why they wouldn't bring would it would not in wood. would not oh okay that would be the only reason john is that with the thing because flores wins they yeah. know about his background from new england and this kind of caught people by surprise you know you win you one and seven i think it came down to the quarterback and the difference in opinion for that he wanted watson apparently greer and steven ross didn't but it gets to him, and that's what's going to prevent. If he doesn't come here or somewhere else, that if somebody says, "Well, what if they have great success when when Brian's here and he wants more power?" Because you know he does it the New England way. It's tight, yeah. it's compact. We're going to do it this way or the highway. And when you disagree, some people can't handle that type of firmness or you know power. Uh, a guy, a power struggle in the building, and some can. So that's why he was out of Miami. And if if the if the New England Patriots, I mean the uh, Houston Texans, did not hire him. It's simply because they're familiar with him. It simply comes down to the concern over will he eventually want more power or that he thinks there's a better job and that he's not going to get Watson here, which he's not, that he goes somewhere else. So that would be the one reason because they want to control the situation here, and Brian's a very strong personality, and I'm not sure a lot of people in this building can handle it. So I right now, John, after I heard some stuff yesterday from an insider about where he is in this interview process, I'm not sure Brian Flores is going to be their first choice now. Keep an eye on the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia; is a, is a strong possibility.
2: Yeah, I saw where today or yesterday he came in for a second interview. G- Gannon. You know,
1: you're talking about it. yeah, he yeah, did. Jonathan he, he Gannon. Did. And yes, and he is like he comes from you know he and and uh, the uh, Brandon Staley from the same part of the country grew up buddies, yeah. similar, young in his 30s, uh, aggressive and interviews well and people hold him in high regard young but could grow into the position i don't think they want to hire you know somebody that was david Cully's age not that i care about mm-hmm. age good coaches or of all ages but um I, I think they want somebody they can grow with and if you bring gannon in and you john know this when you're new with your first head coaching job you kind of you'll just coach and you'll appeal to what they want to do in the front office without disrupting it right you're just gonna you're gonna coach them up and try to prove you're a great coach So. And and not that he's not worthy of it. So he seems to be that they're they they're hot on his trail right now. It seems, uh-huh. and I think right now if they were making the choice, I'm not sure that Brian Flores would be ahead of him. I thought Flores would be a great candidate, but sometimes people just don't want disruption or uh, too much strength in the building. And Gannon may provide it down the road, but I think he'd come in with a little less. I want to be involved in personnel and who my quarterback is and the rest. Of it. I think he'd let Nick handle that a little more.
2: Right. And I'm glad Nick finally addressed the uh, Deshaun Watson and said that, uh, you know, it's likely he's going to be traded. Now, the question is, how can a trade work out with all the legal problems Deshaun Watson has?
1: Yeah, well, it's going to eventually, John, it's going to um, the talk. I mean, you know, obviously, unless there's major criminal uh, charges filed. Yeah. You know, there's been talk in this town, and I, this is above my pay grade when it comes to the legal. Both sides deserve to be heard. The women in this and Deshaun Watson's side. There's talk that Deshaun made, you know, the clear in the name that he doesn't want to settle because it makes it that, that, that perception of guilt or that maybe there's two or three that want their story heard without settling. Whatever that is above my pay grade, I know this, that I think his value did go up this off during this season because of the lack of draft capital in this as far as first round picks and also you know some of these desperate teams out there so they're going to get what they want from him eventually but i'm not sure how many now miami's out of it now so we know that with Flores yeah. gone so they're out so who is it carolina does denver jump into it through the new york giants but he's going to have to change his stronghold on the no trade clause but whenever it is and it eventually get cleared he will play football again right and when that's cleared whether it's in march April, whatever that is he will get traded and they will get five six seven assets for him john and that'll be probably three first round picks so i don't know where the how it's going to get cleared or when but when it does deshaun watson instantly becomes uh the hottest if it's not aaron rodgers the the the, the most sought after free agent when i say free agent guy you can go get in a trade um in the entire nfl because he's one of the five or six best players at his position on the field.
2: right could you see aaron Rodgers staying in green bay I could. Yeah, I could, I could.
1: I could too. I, I I'm, I'm kind of, I really could. John, in truth, I understand the, the like, for instance, the 49ers, mm-hmm. you know, him be playing up there and growing up. I understand that, man, that looks pretty cool, go to the 49ers with all those great players. Imagine San Francisco and Kyle with Aaron Rodgers, even though Jimmy's been solid, he ain't Aaron Rodgers and neither is Trey Lance, what that would look like. I understand the, oh, my gosh, would that be, or Sean Payton with Aaron Rodgers. I get the allure of other places or Pittsburgh, but in truth, John, it, I mean, all these years he's been there, the legacy he's built, he's on a really good team. Yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to convince that why would you? And now Aaron's going to make this decision, but I'm not so sure Green Bay's not the best place for him. He's got great receiver, he's got a couple running backs, a coach that knows how to win. But I can see the allure, like Tom Brady, of like, I want to just try something else somewhere else. I get it. I'm kind of curious to see how this season ends for them and then where they go. If, it, if they lose, does he move on? Or is it if they win, he's finally set a foundation of, now I can go away and go find where I want to be. But I can see a scenario where he comes back to Green Bay. Hell, when you've been there that long, it's hard to change. But I can also see a scenario that he's intrigued with some coach or some situation and says, I'm going to go win with that roster. Who wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers for two or three
2: more years? Oh, no no doubt about it. I mean, he'd be a great fit in Denver. Bay, great fit anywhere yes. he, he wants to go. Because, again, I think that uh, by Monday, because uh, I know that – the uh, Broncos can get their tenth uh, candidate interviewed by Sunday night. That they're ready to make a hire, and I think it's going to be Dan Quinn.
1: Uh, I wouldn't doubt it, J- John. Think about the narrative of Quinn eighteen yeah. months ago. Think about this. And here, here's a guy who was great in Seattle, as you know, as a, as a defensive coach, and uh-huh. then goes to Atlanta. And while they don't win it, and the unfortunate twenty-eight to three, well documented, but his team was in the Super Bowl, so he did impact them. Then he goes to, and then the people are like, oh, what's going on? High demand as a defensive coordinator. Look what he's done in Dallas. And now it's like, he's like the hottest guy out there right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, we got five teams want to interview him. I think it'd be great because of the discipline, the respect. And, John, you know this. The first time around may not always be as good. Yeah. As the second, sometimes you learn. Bell, and we can go through a long list of guys who've been better the next time around. So. With that and the changing of ownership and the possibility of some of these great owners, and with that roster, now you just got to go find you a quarterback. And if you do that, uh, listen, uh, listen, if he wants the gig, be crazy not to go get it. The question is, and I don't think Jerry's going to do this, and I ask this question, somebody asked me about Dallas. John, you can answer this. If you love Mike McCarthy, you keep him. But if you're Jerry Jones and they say, do you like him or love him? Well, I like him. Well, if you don't love him, Go keep the guy you love, whether it's one of the two coordinators, or go get somebody you love. If you love Mike McCarthy, keep him no matter what any of us say. I've always said that. Don't tell me the coach you like. If Denver loves Dan Quinn or somebody else, make him an offer he can't refuse and don't let him out of the building. Right, John? I mean Agreed. Make it so it's difficult for him to leave. And uh, This would be a great hire because I think Dan has learned a great deal after his first time around, and his first time around wasn't a failure. He coached Atlanta pretty damn good and did yeah. it, had a great impact here. So you could do a lot worse than hiring Dan Quinn right now at any place.
2: So what do you like about the uh, divisional uh, playoff round?
1: I, oh my gosh, it's well, awesome. There's a, well, think about this: if you were choosing quarterbacks, like Matt Stafford would be your sixth guy out of the eight teams, right? Wow, I mean, Burrow's on fire. Look at—I mean, think about it. Say, think about it, John. We got—you know—you got Stafford and Rodgers and Brady and and Josh Allen and Mahomes and Burrow. I mean. It's crazy. So if you finish in sixth out of the eight, and, you, you know, with Jimmy and Tannehill down low, and both those guys win. One's on the number one seed. One's on a real hot team in San Francisco. The other six quarterbacks, you could put one at three, one at six, one at one. It's crazy. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also excited about who stays close to game plans. Will the 49ers get to their 35 attempts? Can that front seven of the 49ers disrupt Rodgers? If you decide to put an eighth guy down, how are you going to cover on the perimeter? In Tampa, see, I – I got for me, John. I want to see if the Rams are are, are more uh, cosmetic than substance. I think there's a chance they could go in there if they get physically handled early in the game. That this could be a ten point blowout. Yeah, I think the San Francisco Green Bay game, when it gets down to it, I'll always take the better quarterback. But I like a close one there in the in the AFC. I think Cincinnati is going into Tennessee and winning as long as Derrick Henry doesn't go 31-32 carries for two for a buck ninety seven. I think that Cincinnati's explosive offense could make Tennessee chase, which I'm interested in, and I have a lot of respect for the Titans' front seven, and they're real good, so they may make Joe Burrow have to throw a lot. And then in Kansas City, I love the way Buffalo's playing, John. I do. Josh Allen and their defense is really, really good. I'm thinking upsets. I think both road teams in the AFC win, and I think both home teams in the NFC win, and we're going to get a Brady-Rogers rematch, and Buffalo's finally going to get back to an AFC championship game at home, with Cincinnati coming to town next
2: week. Wow, can I, can, can you imagine that? What, what are you yes. are you stunned by Cincinnati this year?
1: I, I st- stunned no, but uh, a surprise that it happened this fast, yeah. John. Think about when we started the season. Zach Taylor was on the hot seat. You know, Burrow coming off the you know they they Burrow coming off the injury and well, what are they going to do? And then all of a sudden they get rolling and they were the one seed at one point in the first six or seven games. Like man eight games they're they're playing good football they went through a low Uh, yeah i I think it's surprising the way i mean when you find that guy a quarterback you have him in seattle the teams that find him and you just know look at the impact john you've been covering cincinnati for years not only when you were in Pittsburgh, but in doing it at espn and now the nfl think about the impact one cat meaning joe burrow had when he walked in and the culture change right that everybody just oh this guy believes it. i think joe burrow actually believes that they're going to be like a dynasty and dominate the next 10 to 12. years. I think in his mind, it's not to say, I think he believes that. And it shows, look at the way Chase is and the way they're playing. Now they're going to have to be physical in this game, as we well know, but mm-hmm. shocked, no, but surprised right now, because if you ask me, it'd be hard not, I know Baltimore's good, but you know, fire and Wink Martindale, it'd be hard not to say that going into next year that your favorite team in the AFC North isn't Cincinnati, regardless of what happens. They've got big time playmakers, as long as they continue to build on the defense, this is going to be hell to pay over the next ten years. And John, you know they've never and there's I found this out yesterday or two days ago. They've never in their franchise history won a road playoff game ever. Yeah, the Bengals yeah, ever, yeah. ever. So I'm anxious to see how this turns out. But yeah, surprised that it turned around so quickly. But I love their resilience. And I think their quarterback's a grown man, man. I think Burrow's phenomenal.
2: No doubt. Hey, Sean, always great talking to you because it's been such a long time, and I'm looking forward to being on your show Friday.
1: Friday at 9.30 uh, Central Time. Brother, I'll get in touch with you, and we'll talk this week. I can't wait, and I'm always honored to be on with you. You're the man.
2: Okay, sounds good. Sean Salisbury, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
2: Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Joining us right now, and of course after this, we'll have Hot Stove League coming up. And let's go to Commando Dave. David, how are you?
5: Hey, I'm doing fantastic, and it's great to be back on the John Clayton Show. John Clayton heading into divisional weekend the final four games to get down to the final four teams professor shout out to matt bmc nelson for getting me on the airwaves of 710 cairo home of the vacation and seahawks and the lockout mariner so i can bring it to the show and right quick john clayton in defense of my namesake david and Edmonds, don't answer fantasy football questions and you probably won't get fantasy draft calls
2: okay Got
5: it. And to his credit, at least David is asking about a real draft. Look, John Clayton, last week I said Super Wild Card Weekend was just actually Wild Card Weekend plus one. But Mm -hmm. as it turned out, it was Wild Card Weekend plus four. Four teams that had no business being in the playoffs. Uh The Bills just ran fast breaks up the field against the Patriots like Magic Johnson was playing quarterback. The Eagles landed on the Buccaneer ship and got their wings chopped, had to walk the plank back to Philly. But good thing there were no reports of grown men crying, leaving Buckley's in Belltown. I don't know if you know it, or John Clayton, but uh, during Eagles games, Buckley's and Belltown, just a giant nest. Uh, the Chiefs got doubled up by the Steelers, like the Pittsburgh uh, team had a quarterback with one foot out the door, and the Rams proved the Cardinals' had no business being in the playoffs. should have been sitting at home before L.A. sent them home. As far as the two entertaining games, John Clayton, it was tough to see the Raiders go down the way they did uh, with mistake after mistake, along with what Raider Jim alluded to. You can only get into the red zone so many times until it turns into the dead zone. And there was nothing better than the 49ers bouncing the Cowboys out yeah. of the playoffs yeah. yeah. in Dallas. And Jerry Jones' Big D weathering into a cold, shrunken one. Uh, look, moving to this weekend, John Clayton. I've been a Bootsy Collins fan since I can remember, so I'm rooting for his favorite team, the uh, Cincinnati. I know you have the Cincinnati Bengals over the uh, Tennessee Tuxedo Titans, and the the Forty ers and Packers have met many times in the playoffs over the years, and this is going to be one of the. Uh, uh, the biggest ones with Jimmy Nine Fingers G versus Aaron the Immunized one. Uh, I'm playing the any given Saturday card and picking the 49ers and the game of the weekend to me, John Clayton is the Rams and the Buccaneers. Last mm-hmm. week, or should I say last year, the Bucks became the first team in the NFL uh, history to play uh, Super Bowl in their own stadium, and the Rams are in position to become the second. The problem is, of course. Tampa Bay is trying to repeat as Super Bowl champs, and Tom Brady is the last guy to quarterback a team to back to backs Nonetheless, the Super Bowl halftime show trailer I saw this week has me picking the Rams. And then to cap it off uh, this weekend, John Clayton, the cherry on top of a game, Buffalo Bills in Kansas City versus the Chiefs. Can the Chiefs get to a third straight Super Bowl in the Vinge? last year's loss? Can the Bills get to their first Super Bowl since dropping four in a row? And those questions can only be answered in the AFC title game. Who are you taking again this weekend, John Clayton?
2: Uh, I'm leaning toward uh, Tennessee, and I might be wrong mm-hmm. on that one. Certainly, I think Tampa Bay should win. Green Bay should uh, win reasonably easy. And then I still mm-hmm. lean toward Kansas City. But, I mean, with the exception of maybe the Green Bay game, I think you know all these games are going to be close, exciting. And, by the way, to wrap things up, why did James Brown hire Bootsy Collins?
5: Well, because he was probably the best uh, bass player around.
2: No, here. No, the re- even though he was fourteen no, years old. Huh?
5: Yeah, yeah. No,
2: but here's the reason: is that uh, mm-hmm. you know Bootsy was mad, uh, you know, at the you know at the Horny Horns, right? Mm-hmm. And what was going on is that he wanted to get more funk, and Bootsy and his mm-hmm. brother, who's a drummer, you know, offered more funk, and that's why you know Bootsy ended up getting you know hired. And then uh, Mm. his brother was playing, you know, the drums and all that stuff. And that's why Bootsy Collins was there, because J.B. wanted more funk. (laughs)
5: That's good, Professor. That's good. My best of Mrs. Clayton. Talk to you,
2: John Clayton. All right, thank you. And, of course, we'll be back next Saturday from 8 to 11. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.